Welcome to Golf Nerds with Guy Cross. A podcast on my own this week because, well, it's just been busy for me. I've, um, I've come off the back of basically four days of public holidays here in Panama because of Carnaval. And um, it's just meant my life has been too hectic to sit down, get all the audio gear out and record a guest. But I still had stuff to say about golf. So here I am. Big news. Tiger Woods is injured. Now, he's got a um, stiff neck and there's been a lot of jokes on the internet about the guy having to um, miss out on his favourite massage parlour in Jupiter, Florida because some seedy place famously got closed down and it was a regular haunt of some famous sports people. I'm certain that's nothing to do with Tiger. Mainly because I'm sure if he is up to no good with um, with that sort of thing, he's uh, learned to be a lot more discreet. Um, do I think he's got a neck injury? Possibly. Um, do I think he's scheduled to withdraw for other reasons? Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Um, his schedule looked very busy, um, so it's no surprise to see him pull out of something like... The Arnold Palmer event, which um, yeah, I, I never, I never really associated with the new Tiger. Um, he'll be at players. He'll be at a load of other events. Um, so um, I'm just, I still root for Tiger. Um, I didn't before his mega break from the game, but I do now. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Who do I want to win this week? Well, really. Really, who I'd like to win is someone interesting. Um, someone who makes me smile. Someone who upsets people. Patrick Reed, Ian Poulter, Bubba. Um, I'd love to see Bubba cry on the 18th green again. That would be quite fun, wouldn't it? Um, Phil Mickelson. Oh. Like, I like Phil because he's an older guy, so am I. He hits the ball a mile, so do, so does he. Um, but I just find him, he's becoming a bit of a self-parody. And I'm not sure if that's how the PGA Tour media are branding him. Because they are the, you know, the TV guys, they hold all the cards when it comes to how a player's portrayed. But, um... Right now, I'm not sure how I feel about Phil. If I see um, one more tweet that says, never, full stop, change, full stop, Phil, full stop, and a picture of um, Phil Mickelson hitting a lob shot over a shed into a lake off the moon next to the hole, yeah, great, it's a cool shot, but I'm just bored of it. Um, maybe in the same way that I'm a little bored of the Bryson DeChambeau scientist things, but, um, he's got a little volatility to him that I really like, and I don't get that feeling from, um, from Phil the Thrill anymore. Uh, who else would I like to win? I saw GMAC, um, way up on the leaderboard yesterday. Good on him, eh? It'd be great to see him get a good result, just for the Come back, kid. Good vibes.
maybe um, not many more reasons than that. But yeah, it would be nice to see GMAC score a good result. Um, in my heart of hearts, I want one of the guys who promote got promoted from the web to do well. But it, the first day's leaderboard wasn't really stacked in their favour. Um, and on that note, young Cameron Champ. Um, he didn't do well yesterday. Although he went out with 44 and shot an 81. And as someone who's done that sort of round quite a few times themselves, I'd walk off the course quite pleased. Because if you shoot 44 on the front nine, you're worrying if you're going to shoot 46 on the back nine. And that's a big fat 90. Um, so to pull it back and make an 81, he's obviously delivered a quality result. Um, somewhere. Do you know what I mean? He had to play some golf. He had to, he showed some, um, some good, good energy and commitment to the game by not, um, falling flat on his face. I've, um, put a few things on my website, which is www.impactgolf.net. And those things, um, are in development. I'm getting into thinking about golf and I, I love talking about who's going to win, who's going to do well. Um, because of that, some guys who are into sports betting have approached me about looking at my website. I'm not a huge fan of betting, um, but I, I don't think whether I put content like that out or not is going to stop people gambling. Um, so it's something I'm exploring. I've also um, been doing some fun stuff like how to throw a master's party because I want to throw a master's party. So it's like, I think it's a good way to write is if I want to learn something, I just document it, put it on the website. Um, my thoughts about golf events early in the season, about how they bore me, but more the angle, and maybe I'm giving the game away here, is that they're hyped up so much by the media simply because simply because the media has a responsibility to the sponsors and um, I don't have a responsibility to the sponsors of the year-round FedEx Cup so golf in January mostly bores me um, and I don't have to pretend it's vitally important because uh, it's not and that's why the top names only pay play if you pay them bag loads of money just to show up um, but it's cool to see the web guys getting some starts and it's good to see who's doing really well there um, and it's nice to see some of the journeyman pros do really well um, so I, I'm invested in that way and I probably didn't put that on my website I put different stuff so do, do give that a read my thoughts on junior golf as well if I hear one more person say that oh these golfers are the golfers of the future I might rip out their throats I mean I couldn't rip out a baby's throat not that I'd want to but um you know it just makes me angry I mean it doesn't even make me angry it makes me a little bit irritated because golfers of any age are the golfers of now and if we need to invest our resources and energy into a one particular group of golfers it's juniors and by having an attitude that these guys are not yet real golfers so we can treat them as second best that's wrong 
we treat these guys as the triple VIPs because they are the golfers of now. They are the important golfers of right now. Our job as adults is we're the sponsors for those guys. And we get to enjoy being a sponsor. We get to pay some money, play some great golf with our friends, play in tournaments, do whatever. These guys, these kids, they are the important ones and our money pays for them to have fun. And if you don't like that, in my opinion, you should go and find another sport. Um, maybe crown green bowling where not many kids seem to be wanting to do it. You'd have fun there. Or play cribbage, which is a card game for old people who smell. Um, you smell lovely, of course. I wouldn't dare say people smell bad who play cribbage. Um, in the future, I'm going to put some more stuff on my website about about the golf tournaments that mean something to me. I feel, at the moment, no obligation to write about the Greater Greensboro Open, whatever that calls itself these days. But I love tournaments like the Masters. I have a place in my heart for even the Players' Championship, although it is not and never will be the fifth major. Um, I got a developing love for some games on the LPGA Tour. Um, and... I love the web. The web tour's amazing. Um, and even though I'm European, I struggle to love some of the European games because I feel like I haven't got skin in the game. I don't know the people. Um, but maybe I'll change that and put some time in. I'd be curious to to hear. I'm, I'm like open to be sold on the European tour because I love what they do. I love the risks they take with their tournament formats and their social media, but I'm not invested. I'm a spectator. I'm not, I don't feel part of it. Whereas the web, I feel a bit more part of that, partially because they have a game in the city where I live in Panama City, and I go to that as a member of the media. I cover it for our radio, English language radio station here in Panama, which is pretty big. Um, therefore, I'm inside the ropes and I get to chat to this tour staff. So I know some guys on there and I can find them a text message and, you know, I feel part of that. The PGA Tour, no, I'm, I'm not part of that, clearly, um, on, in any way. But through being a golf pro, I've got some contacts who are, who are coaches, who are caddies, um, some guys who hopefully be playing there next year. And so I, I feel more invested. The European Tour... I mean, I know some guys who work on it, but not only from a distance. Excuse me while I have a drink. Only from a distance, and therefore, um, yeah, I'm just not invested. But I'm open to being invested. I'm open to it. Now, this podcast is called Golf Nerds, and a wise, wise man once told me no one listens to a golf podcast for any other reason than to get better at golf. I'm still not sure I agree, but I've got an idea for you. I did something that can be nothing other than innuendo. Yeah, so what I did was I put a man's shaft into a lady's head. And I tell you what, I'm going to do it again. What happened was... Oh, no, this sounds even worse now. Anyway, let's just go with it. What happens was I had a student 
uh, who's a lady, female golfer, and um, and what happened was she wanted a high lofted fairway wood, so I acquired a wonderful Cobra 7 slash 9 wood for her, and um, it was used, and so like any good golf coach, I gave it a few swings before handing it over. Um, I hit some really stunning shots with it, just on the range. They were flying like 180, um, super high and stopping dead, and super high. And I thought, I love this. I want this club. Um, and I remembered Cobra do um, do a range of ladies' golf clubs that aren't pink. They do them, well, they used to, um, black and blue for Lexi Thompson. They call it Lexi Blue. Um, so I got myself one of these seven nine woods, and I put a R-flex um, shaft in. Chopped it down quite a bit because that's that was just how I was feeling it. Um, and it's 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 just so much fun. So I've got that seven slash nine wood with an R-flex shaft in. Um, I think it plays about forty inches long. Um, I've taken three, four inches off it, so it's probably closer to playing to its stiff flex. Um, and I've got the loft dialed down, and I've got the weight set forward, um, so it flies low, so it's set up for length. Um, and it flies about 180 for me, stops dead, and it could carry pretty much any tree I, I've seen. Um, I've just acquired the, another one of the same head and a 38 inch shaft which I'm going to snip a little bit off so it plays about 39 when, when, I've, when the tip's installed and um, it's R-Flex, it's a Cobra Baffler shaft, uh, graphite design one. It, it is a made for one but it looks cool and I, I've hit them so I know it plays cool. Uh, I'm going to dial the loft up on the club so it's um, playing at its highest loft. I'm going to set the weight back um, so it's going to hit the ball even higher. And I'm hoping to kind of get 165, 170 out of that, but super high. Um, and as a shorter hitting golfer, because I am a shorter golfer, that's two big gaps in my golf bag fixed. Um, I've got a five wood as well, which is set up now um, to be, you know, a club and a half longer than my seven wood. So that flies about 200 and stops dead. I've then got a three wood, which um, I need to do some tweaking with, but that'll be flying about 215, 220. Then my driver flies about 240. Um, I'm not hugely happy with my driver right now. Um, it's probably the next club for me to replace. But what I was saying, the reason I'm saying this rather is, I think as regular golfers, although I'm a pro, my swing speed is that much more close to a regular amateur golfer, um, we should be looking more at what LPGA players bag. Do you know Michelle Wee, who flies the ball 270 off the tee on average, carries an 11 wood. 9 or 11, she's recently changed and her what's in the bags weren't quite up to date. Um, she's got an X-Flex driver and an 11 wood. 
Um, and obviously for me, I've gone one, three, five, seven, nine woods. And if the nine wood works out and I'm hitting greens consistently with it, why wouldn't I look at a um, 11 wood? Um, I'd probably have to leave the Cobra world then and then I get into consistency and gapping issues that are not as easy to fix. But do you see what I mean? Like I could even get a 6-7 hybrid um, and I, again, I might have to go into ladies or seniors range, put any shaft I want in it. Um, and I've got a really cool golf club. Flies high, sticks greens. And then from a 7 iron, you know... I'm not so worried about that. I can hit the ball high enough that I never worry about sticking a green with a 7 iron. Um, I probably don't with a 6 iron. I just... If the 7 wood works so well, Annie is working so well, why not try a 9 wood? Because essentially what I'll do is, well, it's the same club, just an inch and a half shorter with the loft settings different. So I'm going to lose 10 yards, maybe 15 because um, I'm going to tinker with the weights as well. I might even put a slightly heavier weight. Or, you know, I play with different numbered weights to get the um, swing weight and gapping spot on. Um, I'm going to have some really quality gear that I'm, I'm really excited to use, which just leaves me looking at my driver. But then I'm definitely going to look at um, one of the ladies' drivers. Because if I could get my, even if I didn't get make gains, hashtag gains, in distance, but I got it in trajectory and ball flight, I was just flying super high balls that range, well then I could tinker with the shaft, and I might fly the ball the same length and get some run on it, I've won. Like, I'm really excited um, about where my current bag setup's going. All I need to do now is learn how to putt. And I did write something on my website about the drills I use to help students and my own game with my putting. Um, and the overall idea is to develop your own system. But how you do that isn't as simple as you might think. And I've just given some tips and ideas to develop your own swing, your own putting stroke, your own chipping stroke, your own wedge game on my blog which is www.impactgolf.net. Um, with that in mind, I think I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. Um, no one wants to hear a Welshman ramble, especially one prone to windbaggery. But um, rugby this week, Six Nations, we're going to win. We being Wales, you being someone who's not Wales, although you might be Welsh. Um, next podcast will be up super soon with Alex from Orca Golf. Um, let's hope I can con him into giving me some free gear. And on that bombshell, I'll see you next time. Hey, how are you doing? Welcome to Golf Nerds. I'm recording this podcast upside down. I've just gotten off the phone after one hour in the amazing company of Alex from Orca Golf. We talked the hind legs of everything to do with golf equipment and specifically helping you golfers work out for yourselves what's important. 
I've always been of the opinion that I would rather no-name gear that was suited to my game and my swing over the latest, fanciest, shiniest, well-marketed gear that was just off the rack. Alex owns a golf company, so he comes at it from obviously his own angle, but goes into detail about why. And um, just after we stopped recording, I um, agreed to um, I agreed to bag one of his drivers. Um, so I'm really looking forward to. You know, moving away from these mainstream brands and seeing how awesome it's going to be to have a custom-fitted and custom-built driver just for me. Without further ado, um, enjoy the next hour with Alex. He is a legend and you are going to learn stuff from this guy.